Imagine if you could sit down at your desk in the morning, piping hot coffee in hand, you could pop open your laptop, double click on a document on your desktop that says life plan, so you could check on what's happening this week, this month, or even this year. Well, I wanna help you create that plan. Let's spend five days together making a roadmap for your future so that you can live all the rest of your days on purpose. Yes, you can own the future that's coming your way. The five-day Own Your Future Challenge is absolutely free to join, and I've got a spot with your name on it. Don't let another week, month, year, or even decade pass you by without owning the vision for who you want to become and the impact you want to make while you're alive. This is five free days of learning from incredible world leaders, helping you to uncover who you truly are and leading you to craft a roadmap and set goals aligned with the future meant for you. This is important. Join me and other amazing global leaders and experts to help you own your future starting May 11th. You can join right now for free at jennaschallenge.com. That's jennaschallenge.com for the five-day Own Your Future Challenge. I can't wait to see you there. Laughter is a release. Most of us are holding so much of the bad stuff in that how is there room for any good? And laughter lets it out. Comedy is like a soul detox, and I am simply a practitioner. (laughs) Hey, my name is Jenna Kutcher, and I am obsessed with all things business, marketing, numbers, and helping you to navigate both the messy and the magical seasons of this thing called life. I'm a small-town mama who took a $300 camera, grew a successful photo biz, and now I work from home and run a seven-figure online business. I teach you the tried and true secrets to building a career you adore. Shy away from the real talk? (laughs) No way. Money, hardship, growth, loss, and marketing are all topics we discuss here. Think of this as your one-stop shop for happy hour with a gal pal mixed with business school. Pull up a seat, make sure you're cozy, and get ready to be challenged and encouraged while you learn. This is the Gold Digger Podcast. Guess what? My Insta Essentials Toolkit is on sale now. It has two months of done-for-you Instagram strategy to remove the questions and the second thoughts around posting. It's your toolkit for showing up well for your community with curated stock images, caption starters, editing tutorials, Instagram live advice, and more for the next 60 days and beyond. Get it for $49 right now at instaessentials.com. That's instaessentials.com. I'll see you inside. If you're still mailing contracts via snail mail or tracking payments with a pen and paper and managing your biz with anything other than a seamless project management system, it's time for HoneyBook. Start your free trial plus get 50% off your annual subscription at jennacutcher.com slash HoneyBook. I have been waiting for this day. I mean, like you could be Nicole Kidman and I would be just as excited as I am sitting with you, having you on my show. So thank you for coming up to the Gold Digger podcast officially. Oh, thank you. I'm glad to be here. This is a good day. This is a good day. It is a very good day. Okay, Brooklyn, people have heard bits and pieces of your voice and your Mm -hmm. humor and your story through some of our episodes, but today is all about you. So... Let's start and just let people know who you are and kind of just walk us through a little bit of the journey of Brooklyn Wagner and then we'll get into the goods. Okay, deal. Well, like you, I too am a small town girl, just 
coming from a place of I don't think I knew about Target for a long time. You know what I mean? (laughs) It was really super little. If you guys know about California, I'm from the bottom of it, the very bottom and not the cool parts of the bottom. And it had great food, though, which I think about constantly. And I'm sad right now that I can't just conjure it for my daily lunches, although it would probably create worse cholesterol issues than I currently have. I'm an only child. I don't know if there's any only children listening to this, but what's up? I was brought up very wisely and very whimsically by my grandparents who hail from the actual South. Uh, I think I spent most of my life living in my imagination. That place is very well furnished, very well lived in. (laughs) I still go there. It's a great time. I hang out there most of the time. And also like you, I'm a three on the Enneagram. So I've been really good at, let's see, like shape shifting and reinventing myself to some extent ever since high school. I'm one of those people that's like had all the jobs. So probably so many have lost track at this point. There are times people bring something up and I'm like, I I did that as a career for a short while. (laughs) I ran a program at a summer camp. I worked at Sears Optical. I ran a frozen yogurt shop. I was an assistant to seven psychiatrists. I ran a justice conference. I was a marketing director and a cleaning lady for short-term rentals. And none of that's in the correct order. But (laughs) it, it was, it's just who I was for so long. And maybe still part of me could could weather those storms again. But life seasoned me like it does. Lots of smoked paprika. And thanks to those adventures, I've actually learned a whole lot more about my real gifts. Not those like fake it till you make it ones. But you're just like, sure, yeah, I'm really good at sauteing. (laughs) And thanks, I would say, actually, thanks to all the leaps of faith, I eventually learned how to fly, so to speak. Like I kept leaping until I learned how to be in a career that I love, which I'm in now. Being a copywriter for you, the one and only Jenna Kutcher. It's very much my happy place. Even though, yeah, I'm still I'm still learning. I still feel like I'm like a student of life and I hope I always am. But that brings us to today right here in my closet. I, are you in your closet too? I'm in our little, little cabin thing. Cute. Okay. So cool. it's a little cuter and a little, there's a little more oxygen in this okay, room. Yes. Just say. I actually, <laughs> I, I got in the closet so that I would run out of oxygen just to see what you go through. I really want the experiential, like anthropologist perspective of what you do. This is But it's beautiful. cozy. Yeah. You know, part of me is going to wonder if we should tell the editor to just mute my track throughout this whole thing because I'm going to be <laughs> laughing and I don't want people to miss a single word you say. So I need to know, where does your humor come from? Have you always been the funny girl? (laughs) Great question. I actually have been asked that so many times. Like, when did he learn you were so funny? And I'm like, I don't think, (laughs) I don't, I still wake up going like, what are you? And people are laughing. And I'm like, you liked that? But actually, no, I didn't. I did not let the world into like that imagination, like my mind palace, if you will, until like high school. But I wasn't necessarily shy. So if everyone's like, oh, I used to be shy, I think we were all just really quiet. Like, I didn't think I had anything to say that anyone would want to listen to. Like, I didn't think I had something to offer. I watched everyone else sort of shining and I thought, well, they they should get the light and I should be a shadow person. But I'm okay with this cliche that I became. I am so happy, actually, that I joined the drama club in high school Mm, yes (laughs) my teacher for that like opened up my brain and most of all opened up my mouth and 
allowed me to have the spotlight and told me that I was good at it. And I felt like I had a place and I found out that I was funny to everyone, not just my Barbies and my grandparents. <laughs> like I was like their backyard entertainer. They'd be like, all right, dinner's over. Let's go in the backyard. What are you going to do for us tonight? And I'd be like, Steve Urkel again. <laughs> and in drama class, I got to do like crazy skits and things that just like push you not even out of your comfort zone, but into like your happy place, like mm. not just scared. Suddenly I was happy and I was yeah. like wearing the clothes I wanted to wear, all the good stuff. And ever since then, I felt the most me and the most alive when I'm entertaining people. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Yeah. <laughs> Entertainment just feels so cheap. Like I have to say that when I think about like those little magazines as you're checking out, like I don't want to be them. <laughs> but here's the thing that's so cool. If, especially if you think see yourself as funny or as humorous or as like snarky or sarcastic. I think comedy is this really sneaky, fun way for me to be in my sweet spot and still lead. Yeah. Because laughter is a release. Most of us are holding so much of the bad stuff in that how is there room for any good? And laughter lets it out. Comedy is like yeah. a soul detox. And I am simply a practitioner. <laughs> and <laughs> I have to say, recently someone asked me, who are you? Like they said, like, what's a phrase to claim who you are? And I said, Ooh. funny girl. And they were like, nope, try again. As if I were selling myself short you know what I mean as if that were some kind yeah. of like like low blow to myself and I was like I, I and I still sit here today believing that is fully my superpower like that's my Harry Potter gift that is my place in this world I love it and I love that it's the it's the threshold that lets all the other good stuff in and out. Like if I can make you laugh suddenly boom our walls are down and we're together. Maybe we're just talking and being open or I'm on stage and I made you laugh and now I can like share the points that I brought to you so that you can hear and learn. Whatever it is, like I feel like laughing is the most beautiful, like freeing thing in existence. So I'm happy. I'm so happy to be a practitioner of it. Mm. I just feel like nowadays more than ever, we need to laugh. Like yeah. I'll have these moments where like Conley will make me laugh. And I just like pause and revel in the fact that that noise hasn't escaped my mouth enough in that mm. day. Like where you're just like, wait, there needs to be more of this. So I love that you bring that to the table. Absolutely. Oh, I laugh at Conley all the time too. <laughs> I, got, I need like a, this is going to be weird, but I need like a coffee book of her just pictures yep. of her doing silly things yep. without even words if you want just an yep. idea i'm putting it out there just i think we all would want that grin. Yes. it could be a great coffee table book for yes. real 100%. i love it let's jump in our time machine and go okay. back two years to when you applied to be my podcast manager <laughs> and i kind of chuckle because you're i don't know if you know this but when when you and i jumped on the phone to talk about this job i was laying in a hammock 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 I always say it weird. Hammock? That is weird. I would say hammock is a weird way of saying it. <laughs> I was laying in our hammock outside of our house talking to you on the phone. I can like literally close my eyes and remember it. But I decided to instead hire you as a copywriter because I definitely needed your voice on my team and I didn't want to let you go. So when I was planning to hire for one, I actually ended up hiring for two and creating a position for you specifically. So I want to know, like describe to me who the bro Brooklyn was that applied for that job. Okay. <laughs> um, I think I've told you this too. I was laying down 
as well for our whole conversation. <laughs> I soon I was I was like, hello. And I just laid down. Maybe like your spirit told me like, you know what? It's a lay down time. Calm down, rest, <laughs> open up. So time machine. Yes, I'm back there. And the word that comes to mind for me is survival. I was definitely in a time of survival mode. And I think that obviously resonates with people in the here and now. But I mm-hmm. also think that, like many of us, I have simply not had an easy life. And so there are so many times for all of us where we've had to enter into that, like, okay, choose, survive or not. There aren't other options on the list. Just pick one of those. And so for years after doing all those jobs I mentioned and so much more, I was freelancing for everyone and their mother. And I was exhausted because I I think what exhausted me most wasn't the work. It was that I wasn't doing a good job. I was doing too much. And I wasn't even like half in to all of the things. I was like a pinky toe in and everyone knew it. And they were like, are you okay? And I'm like, no, I'm a master of marketing. You see it. I'm going to do it. But I was overwhelmed beyond belief. And then I finally had my run forest run moment. Like I packed it all away all my gifts, all my talents, everything that I was sort of leaning into, the career that I was building, I put it away and I became a barista, which I still got to use so much of my like humor and I don't know, I'm really good at steaming milk, I gotta say. (laughs) But I put it away and one day, as a barista does in her off hours, I was scrolling through Instagram stories, saw your post and the angel sang because what I heard was, you can do this. First of all, I was already... I was already listening to the Gold Digger podcast because it was one of those things that I was, which is this is a surreal moment for me in and of itself because of that. Because it was one of the few podcasts I was listening to that were about marketing and social media, all the things I had like built so much knowledge around that I was like, yes. Every time I listen to it, I have to say I've been around so many like visionaries and marketers. I read all the books and all the things. And there are very few at the end of the day that I would go, they've got it right. And the Gold Digger podcast was it. That was it. I would literally be like, bring people into my room and be like, listen to this. I'm rewinding it. You're going to hear it. That's what people should be teaching. And so obviously any chance to get near to a brand I trust, that was it. It was like, I want to be near anything that I know I can lean on. Little did I know how much I could trust it, but I felt ready to unpack my skills and lay them out, let them breathe. Obviously I laid down, (laughs) but it was uncomfortable. I got to say, like, it's like when you skip the gym for, I don't know, two years and then try to lift a can of beans, it hurts. (laughs) But you are a great coach and encourager. That's the kind of leadership I needed to come out of that run, forest, run moment into. So that's who that girl was. She was so tired of like running away from what had hurt her that she needed to come back into the arms of, I think, work and a team and a leader who was willing to hear the complexities of it, if that makes sense, rather than, all right, time to get to work, you know, just do the thing, you know, where now we're in a cycle, just, just fit in somewhere. It was like, where do you fit in? That's what, that's what blows my mind about your ability to have heard my voice in me, not just sure I've run a podcast before I'll figure it out. I'll just take a lot of classes. I don't know, (laughs) but you heard the complexities of a person. So I think that's important for leaders in general, like I want everyone to look at someone as a complex person, not just the set of skills that they bring, because actually at the end of the day, you're going to find even better skills in there too, right? You're going to see the goodness that's there that's hidden behind all the resume talk. (laughs) 
You know, what's funny about that night is I, so I was pregnant mm-hmm. and brushing my teeth and Drew like looked over at me and he could tell I was just like thinking, like thinking really hard. You know, that look you get when you're just thinking. Ooh. And he was like, what are you, what are you thinking about? And I was like, you know, I had you and Kylie on my mind, both mm-hmm. of you. And I kept going back and forth and back and forth. And I'm like, God, I love them both. And I love this about Brooklyn. And I love this about Kylie. And, and he goes, well, why don't you just hire them both? And I was like, well, I don't need two team members, but I don't <laughs> want to lose them. And it was just this moment where I remember going to bed and being like, yeah, I can make a job. We can figure this out. And you know, what's so funny is I remember on your, I think it was on your LinkedIn, Mm -hmm. you had your like formal skills. And then you said, and I can change a tire in a snowstorm. (laughs) And I remember just laughing so hard at that. And that was what drew me in. It wasn't the skills. It wasn't the jargon. It wasn't the titles. It was like, oh, that's a human. Hi, Mm -hmm. human. And that's a cool skill. I want to hear the story behind it, which is your gift. So let's talk a little bit about this transformation. I try to call it out for you often because you're living in it. Mm -hmm. And when we live in transformation, it's like me being a mom, like Conley grows a little bit every single day. And and then all of a sudden I blink and I see a photo from a year ago and it's like, what? Oh my gosh. Yeah. But I see a lot of transformation in you. You have done the work. And I just want to hear what that transformation is in your words and what it's been like for you over the last couple of years. This is what's so cool about transformation. Like it takes more than one person to see the whole story. Like that's yeah. that's why like yeah. clubs exist, right? You get together and someone's like, I really identify with Amy. And someone's like, I identify <laughs> with Joe. How crazy. Like we can see so many different pieces when you bring your community into it. And obviously it has to be people that you trust. And I fully trust you. Like you could call me out on my badness, my goodness, anything. And I would go, I'm taking that in. And as someone who's very stubborn and like, listen to this, if you are one of those people, like my grandma would come in when I was doing my math homework when I was in fourth grade and I'd be like, I'm doing it by myself. Like I would, I would demand to do life by, by myself. And so to go through any kind of transformation, especially the grown up ones, the really hard ones, the super painful ones, the like, I'm going to have a scar forever right there. It takes a whole lot of trust in other people, but that's the point. It takes more than one to see the facets of your transformation so that you can keep learning from them and also just believe in them. What's changed a lot about me beyond just taking up those skills I have and trusting them again and also picking up a new one, to be fair. I mean, copywriting is always a part of running a business. If you're on Instagram, you're doing copywriting, right? You're telling your story in a strategic linked together way, but also to be able to pick up someone else's voice. It has been so cool to like put on you and like talk and love on the same people that you've been loving on for so long. It has been so cool because I not only get to give all of my goodness to them, all of my like love and encouragement and support and know-how and everything that we create together, but it's also everything you have too. It's just like they get like double the love in every freaking Mm -hmm. bite. (laughs) And so that's obviously been incredibly transformative for me to do is just put on like to be able to step into your world and love the people who are sitting there saying like, here are my issues or here are the things I really need help with to be an educator alongside you. Like, I feel like I get like when the people say like, I really want that person's life. Like I get to have my life and your life. It's so great Mm -hmm. that I get to do the beautiful things that you love too. But I think on a personal, super, super personal level, 
the transformation that is still happening is me being able to look at myself in the mirror and be proud of myself. It's so hard to attain that for you. There are other people who are going to be proud of you and it takes them to remind you that you're doing things every single day that are so incredible, but to find pride in them is a different degree. There's this like objective understanding of, yes, I did a good job. Yes, I have a, I have motivation. I completed my to-do list, whatever it is you can finish, but are you proud of your finish? And that is such an important, like psychological need that I haven't had in so long. And I hold myself up to a, a pretty intense standard that I had to let go of for a while because I was just failing left to right. I was looking at my own like grades, you know, I was like my, I was yeah. like the student and the teacher and I was like, mm, you failed again. <laughs> Why? What do I do? How can I help you? And now I'm definitely in a place where I can, I'm not grading myself anymore in that way. And I just feel satisfied in the work that I'm doing because I know the person who does it. I'm proud of me. Like I'm not just looking at the work that I'm doing or that I did all my laundry or that like my roommates are well taken care of but that I'm proud of who I am. I like being in this body. I like being in this brain. And that's because of the work that I've done. It's not, didn't just happen overnight. I didn't have like one good hair day. (laughs) I am so proud of me. And I know I, I know there are going to be days where I do things I'm not proud of, but it'll be on top of a foundation that I can love myself and be proud of myself. Like it can weather that storm. So I feel way more confident heading into scary things or the unknown. Or if you decided, hey, I'm going to challenge you, like, let's change things up. Like, as the job shifts and as the work and the internet changes, like, I'm down to to face the challenges because I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm proud of myself. I believe in myself. I'm capable. Let's go. Let's do it. Let's try. I'm so happy to be in this place right now. But also can't wait to get even better (laughs) as we keep going. (laughs) You might have a system, I know you can't see them, but I'm doing air quotes right now, that you're telling yourself is working, but what would it look like if you could have everything in one place? I'm talking invoices, contracts, messages, questionnaires, timelines, and more. No more post office runs to get contracts out last minute. No more bank lines to deposit your client checks. Nope. All of that is inside of HoneyBook plus way more. Like, way, way more. HoneyBook is a simpler way to run your business. It's how I send invoices, collect payments, create community, craft workflows, export financials, and manage projects from end to end. Hear me when I say my system pre-HoneyBook was archaic and frankly, almost scary. I'm talking night terrors, waking up thinking I lost a contract or forgot a key date in a project timeline. If that sounds like you, HoneyBook will make you sleep like a sleep-trained baby. Start your free trial, plus get 50% off your annual subscription at jennacutcher.com slash HoneyBook. That's jennacutcher.com slash HoneyBook for 50% off your annual subscription. Insta Essentials, two months of done-for-you Instagram strategy to remove the questions and second thoughts around posting. I'm literally giving you my exact playbook and the toolkit for showing up well for your community. You've probably found yourself wondering and worrying about a few things during this time. Does posting about my business make me sound insensitive? Can I actually ask my community for support without appearing entitled? How can I show up and show that I care about my audience? How do I even figure out what to say in these times? You are capable of being that voice for your people, but if you've been wondering what next steps to take or how to step forward with care, the Insta Essentials Toolkit is your answer. 
I've compiled curated stock images, caption starters, 50 call to action words and phrases, a lesson in hashtags, a guide to Instagram live, and honestly, way more than you can imagine all packed into one toolkit for just $49. You can get everything you need to consistently and authentically show up on Instagram for the next 60 days and beyond. It's your action plan. It's your inspiration and it's your instruction manual for the next two months. And Hey, who even knows where we'll be in two months? Get my Insta Essentials Toolkit for $49 right now at instaessentials.com. That's instaessentials.com. I want to know, like, what have you personally done to transform? Because I think one of the biggest things that people love before and afters, right? Like how many times do you double tap when you just watch a transformation or you see some sort of transformation from any, I mean, anything literally like a cat could like change poses and you're like, yes. Yeah. So is there any specific things, tools, exercises, rituals, anything that you've done that has just helped you to grow in that confidence in yourself? Because I get asked that question all the time and I never have an answer. So help me. God, (laughs) Uh, it's probably one of those like book club moments where we all need to like get together and be like, what are you doing? How are you? Yes, (laughs) I need like a whole podcast series of that. And so mine come down to a couple simple things. And they're obviously not simple in practice, but I, I can say them simply. And the first one that is like free, which is my favorite, I've simplified my relationships. And obviously, as you hear that, you're going to be like, okay, that's that's complicated. But as someone who is an entertainer, like as an Enneagram 3, commonly we're known as achievers, but I'm a performer. I'm a performer. Achieving things is not my number one cup of tea. And so I've been, I've spent a lot of years just making everybody happy or making sure that they're having the best time at the cool party I'm having at my house. And I eventually racked up a lot of relationships where in them, I didn't really know who I was. And Mm -hmm. so it was hard to work on yourself if everyone in your life, if the center of the people in your life, that like middle of the target is full of people who have different perspective of you. And so I, I met with people and this isn't just like, it wasn't like all in one fell swoop. I brought them into a room and I was like, here's who I am. But eventually (laughs) I had conversations where I understood like, okay, this isn't a relationship I can be the same for as I was a long time ago. That person who you thought I was, isn't really me. And what it's come to in the last, I would say, year and a half is just a really narrowed down, like, beautiful list of people. It's a lot shorter of a list. Therefore, I can love them even more. And I'm so much more known by each of them individually. And just like you, there are people who can look at me and go, hey, I love that thing. Or I, I'm so glad you gave me that. And they're affirming things that I would love to be affirmed for rather than like, you have though the best parties. And I'm like, I hate parties. <laughs> you know, I wish you knew that. So that was number one. It's, it's like so freeing to know the people in your life really know you and like you for all those things. Like it is the best. Yeah. And therefore inside of that, when you go through crazy stuff, when you're just like, even if it's even if it's just a bad day, you know that the feedback you're going to get from those people isn't like cheer up or like the wrong advice. It's just good advice. It always it recenters you so much faster as like such a quicker time of return on your like mental health. And the other thing that I've, I've been able to do other than just <laughs> spend more time unpacking the things I've been avoiding for so long, it's been naming the things that I'm not ready to unpack. And I know all of us have gone through 
things that we're not ready to to look back on yet or that we're like, okay, maybe a therapist should really work with me on this or like, you know, the things we're just like, we'll get to that. It's been brutal, but it's been a couple years of me taking things out of the closet one by one and naming them, working through them, asking for forgiveness, calling people and saying like, hi, we have some stuff to talk about. And, and honestly, beautifully, therapy is incredible because that person has, especially for me, and this isn't, you know, it's so easy to say again, but so hard to do, I think, to jump over that hurdle of, okay, time to start talking about my stuff. But I used to call the things in my life that were, I think, keeping me from growth, my trains, I would be like, I can hear the train coming and I need to like step out of the way because I'm not ready to like be hit by that thought. And finally, I faced it and I realized it was like a toy train. And and not every time, not that the, not that, that train isn't any more harmful, but I would look down at it and be like, that experience in my life can't hurt me because it's in the past. It can't, it can't actually run me over, but I still have to do something about it, right? It's still going to like run over my toes and create frustration for me. <laughs> so every single time I've honored the fact that I'm, I'm going to work through a thing, I'm going to work through a memory, I'm going to tackle like a part of my life that I'm like, mm, someday, even if it's, that's just like, yeah, like, I don't know, going for a jog once in a while, <laughs> like my heart, <laughs> these are things I have to care for. And the more that I tend to my little personal garden, the more that really, really juicy, delicious things grow out of it. That's the transformation. Like my garden is still small. Like I'm not in a jungle of thrivingness, but I'm, I'm looking at these little flowering buds. And if you've ever looked at a flower close up, you're like, dang, you are kind of amazing. I want more of you. (laughs) So that's where I feel like those are my transformations. It's such a personal work, but also the personal work is so affected by the people, like your shortlist, so to speak, like the people in your life who are in your zone, they both work together and I need them both so much. (laughs) Yeah. I just, that is so clearly stated. And I feel like I don't care who is listening. People are nodding because it's like, yes, yes, there's work to be done and there is avoidance happening and there are relationships that are not serving either of us well. And I think that especially in this season where we're just being challenged and kind of the foundations pulled out from under us, you want the real people that you can fall on, like the people that say, I see you, I get you, you, I know your strength. And I also know that it's okay to be here right now. And I think that that's such a gift. I want to know what has been your biggest learning moment in the last two years? (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) Man. Switching gears. Um, See, there's something. I love it. No, I... When isn't something a learning moment, but I know we're talking about the big ones and there's something really tricky with learning and you probably get it. Like once I've learned something like all those really cool college courses I took, it's like they just go into my ear hole and then fall out the other one. Like I learned some really, really big words, but there are like methods of research that I've since replaced with like how to make your own oat milk and like hunting down cheap flights. You know what I mean? Like, but from you... Actually, not. I'm not just saying this because we're on the Gold Digger podcast right now. I'm saying this because it's true and I bring it up all the time. I even painted it. I painted it so I could hang it on my wall. And, and I know you're not the author of this sentence, but you are the giver. You're the deliverer of it to me. And when you told me that done is better than perfect and that has yes. affected me in two ways because one, you delivered it in such a moment of honesty. So it was one of those like, you know, that moment in movies where it's just raining and someone goes, I love you. 
I love you, Janet, or whatever. You're just like, dang, <laughs> it's happening. This is a real moment. And you had that like, I'm standing in the rain telling you what's up with me. Yeah. And um, I remember every word of that. And like, remember how it smelled in the room, you know, and you said done is better than perfect. And I've applied that in two ways. And it's like, <laughs> rocked my freaking universe. <laughs> Obviously, number one, you guys, we all have things that like whether you're that person who's like puts up half a drywall and then like doesn't finish or you're like, <laughs> I'm going to get to inbox zero today. But you kind of set the bar a little too high and it's like you have 40,000 emails to go through. Whatever it is, you're just like sometimes done feels like a lot farther away and perfect is even farther. So you're like, might as well just get to done. Like, what's my line today? Like, what is done? Like, how can I call this good and finished? <laughs> and for me in copywriting, as a creative person who could has an endless abyss of words flowing out of my mouth face. I know that it is so hard for me to finish something because I want it to be, I want people to just stand and clap. Like I want that Shia LaBeouf clapping gift to just be happening in everyone's hearts when I write something. <laughs> but at the same time, What's so cool is that the other definition of done, like I'm so happy that I'm able to just like draw a line in the sand now and like hand things over and say, hey, I don't know. Seems kind of done. What do you want? You want to take a taste? Needs more salt? Okay, got it. But done also means like walk away. You're done. And yeah. in some ways, there are so many things that I've given myself permission to be done with. And it is so crazy how many things I was just like with my friendships, just like with the false understandings, I think of who I am. Done is better than perfect. That phrase has transferred into me giving myself permission to to no longer fiddle with things that I know I shouldn't be doing, period. Or, I mean, I to be like super honest, I was, I'm really good at like faking it and being like, I'm doing great. <laughs> and I think a lot of us are, especially people who had to survive through parts of life. And I finally walked in to have this hard conversation. And I said, you know what? I've been faking it with you and I've been having a hard time. I just didn't want to disappoint you, but I'm going to have to, to do that today to be fair to me and you. And it was the best. It was like the, one mm. of the best I skipped out of there. I mean, there were cartoon birds. Like I was like, this is the, I'm, I'm singing in the rain, but it's sunny. How? And it's because of the power that that phrase has given me. So thank you. It's one of the, the best most beautiful learning moments I've experienced in the last two years and probably in the last 10 years. And it's going to come with me forever. Like it's a mm -hmm. tattoo. Like I'm probably going to have it tattooed on me at some point. Like it's coming with me for the rest of my life. So thank you for that. By the way, I don't know if you knew it was that powerful for me, but no, you gave I, me that. So I thank love you. that. Well, and I think, you know, it's so funny. I remember that conversation too, because Mm -hmm. especially with other creative energies and forces, like when you welcome them onto a team and you and I, we share this like vision and voice. So it's actually like a, such a powerful partnership that you and I are in. It's like we're married mm -hmm. to each other. Mm -hmm. And it's so funny because I'm more of the like, let's just get it out. Let's just wrap it up. We'll do our best <laughs> and we'll push it into the world and we won't think about it again in a good way. Like where it's just mm -hmm. like, put it up, push it out move on to the next thing. And so 
it's so good to like challenge other people too. And and I still struggle with perfection. And now we have this big brand and eyeballs and brand standards and all these things. And so I think it's something we constantly need to revisit where it's like, are we going to die with this message or are we just mm-hmm. going to put it out there and have it be slightly off or the grammar's wrong in that one sentence, but at least the world heard it. Yep. And I think that's the thing that we keep going back to. Yes, absolutely. Okay. I want to know, this is like so selfish of me. What does a pep talk with yourself sound like? (laughs) I want to know. I want to be inside of your head and I know that you give yourself pep talks. And since we've talked about confidence and freedom and transformation, what does the inner Brooklyn say to (laughs) yourself? I love that. Oh, that's a great question. I need to ask more people that. Like, maybe it would, like, give more color and variety to my own pep talks. Like, man. Okay. Okay. Well, first of all, it always happens in my closet, my shower, or my car. Absolutely. Like, you're lying if it's anywhere else. Like, maybe it's too public if it's anywhere else. Those are my three zones of, like, okay, Brooklyn, be vulnerable. It's happening right now. And... I would say because I for you're right, I do give myself pep talks all the time. And I'm I'm hoping people don't have to listen to me. Like my roommates may be like, all right, here she goes. I hear it all. <laughs> but the theme of it is always like complete honesty. Like I'm willing to get kind of down and dirty with myself in the beginning, knowing that at the end we're gonna be okay. We're still gonna be friends, me and me, you know? Yeah. And I'm eventually like laughing at what was stressing me out. Like just the other day, I looked down and I pretended there was like a crab pinching my toe. And I was like, that's what's bothering you. That's what this is all about. Look at you. You're a grown up with great hair. Kick it, flip it, bop it. You know what I mean? And then most often I kind of come back to the bosoms of the women who say things like, like Shania Twain, who says things like, you know what? That did hurt. But baby, you're moving on and looking good while you do it. Like, it's like that. I go so Southern. I go so Dolly Parton with myself when I'm frustrated, I don't know, I could be stomping around my room. Literally, my cat will be like, I gotta go. And then I'll go take a shower. And I'll put like a hair mask in and I'm sitting there talking like marketing things big idea. I pretend I'm giving my TED talk. And everyone leaves the room and it's me and me and I'm like, come into mama's chest, honey, and like, just take a little (laughs) rest on her. And that's that's seriously how it goes. It goes from time to get mean, time to be a boss, come down a little bit of Shania, a little bit of Dolly you know, a little bit of Patsy Cline. Like these women are like my mamas, my grannies, and they they hold me. And that's the like arc of it every time. And honestly, the best part is I give pep talks to everyone in my life. Like everyone. People are like, here comes the Brooklyn monologue. It happens all the time, especially if you just sit near me for dinner. Like, I don't care if I'm talking with my mouth full of food. I'm going to pep talk you. Because if I'm like, how are you? And you're like, not doing so good. I have no ideas and I'm bad at everything that I'm like, okay, I hope you don't have any plans for the next hour. Cause you have to cancel them. Cause like, we're going to talk through this. And so I'm probably really good at them because of my practices solo, but I'm, I pep talk constantly. Like I literally can't wait for my pep talk later in the shower. Like I can't wait. <laughs> I have a whole, like I have a whole face mask ready. It's going to be so good, <laughs> but I, well, what are yours? Like, do you do the same thing? Are you a shower yeah. pep talker? 
Um, yes, mostly these days. I just feel like I keep saying you can do hard things. You've done this before. You can start new ideas. You can try and fail. Everything is an experiment. And those are usually mine. They don't have characters or accents. (laughs) However, it's kind of like those like motivational posters on the locker room wall that like cycle through my head quite frequently (laughs) i love that those still as cheesy as those are you can't say no you're right like you look at them and you're like i'm gonna be mad at you poster yeah yeah you're you're right and i need to listen to you yes okay i want to know what was the last major thing that you did that scared the living daylights out of you and what did you learn from that experience (laughs) um this just kidding (laughs) No, I okay. I you know about this, but I can't wait to tell everybody else about this. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, I auditioned for a musical. Yes. And do I sing? No, I don't. But here's the thing. I'm a sucker for rejection. <laughs> but because auditions, auditions in and of themselves, how do they not make you like pee pee a little bit? And I actually went to this local theater musical audition to like support a friend and I was just there to be like sure I'll do it too it's like when you go like take a picture with Santa and your three-year-old's like scary you're like watch no I'll do it it's fine it's not scary and that's (laughs) kind of what I was doing and but at the same time like that part of me that was like a musical drama kid so long ago was like Brooklyn do you really do you want to do it but I was I was pooping myself. I was my feet were sliding around my shoes. I mean, I was chugging water that day. It was just immediately exiting my body in every way it could. And I remember looking at everyone going, you look so prepared. And they're like, I am, you know, they're just hitting every note that I didn't even know existed. And I was I was truly scared. Like I was sitting there like, I'm good, you guys. But I wore too many layers of clothes and it was a lot. And I had to sing in a soprano. I don't know if you can tell by like the sound of my voice. She probably isn't a soprano singer. okay? and I auditioned for the lovely musical Little Shop of Horrors. And okay, cool. I love it. And here's the thing in my head, like life is an audition. Like I have to say that I think you guys would get that. Everything is an audition, like getting a job, dating, like it's all just like, Hey, is this going to work out? Do you like it? Is it right? But I went for it and I got a part, but the coolest thing I learned from it, here's what I learned from this experience. First of all, you just got to go with it. I heard that one of my favorite actors got into Juilliard by singing happy birthday, you know, so you just kind of have to go for things. And I went for things. I sang the soprano part and they said, okay, good job. Um, what do you sing for karaoke? And I was like, oh, boom, done. Let's go. I had everyone clap. And then I sang <laughs> what dreams are made of from the Lizzie McGuire movie. And I twirled around a whole bunch and I just did me. And they were like, yeah, we want her. And I got like the flu the next day too. And I had to miss everything and they still wanted me. And here's what I learned from that. Auditioning is not about getting number one. And like, that's so hard for me as a competitive person because I want number one or nothing. Like I'm a zero or 100. I don't want the in-between. Like for my birthday, I want to just like hang out with a box of like spicy Cheez-Its or I want to meet the queen and I want us to tour, I don't know, the International (laughs) Space Station. Like I want the big or nothing. But when it comes to like life and real auditions and and the day-to-day like trying out for things... It's not about getting number one. It's about getting your role. Like someone can only take your role from you 
if you don't show up, right? Like there's, that's it. That's the only other option. If you show up, your role will be yours, right? And it's just not, that doesn't cross my mind a lot. I often think, well, if I don't get, if I don't do really well, if I don't ace this, then I've done a poor job. No, I got this little role in the musical as like a side person. And they even, they could tell I was funny. So they were going to let me be like the comedic relief and, and all this stuff. And I was like, that's so me, but I wouldn't have been able to get that role if I didn't go. And I think that's, that's one of the biggest things I learned is that trying out for things doesn't mean like win the championship, be the best. Now you're the CEO, you've won the lottery. Like it's not about the height of experience. It's about getting your most beautifully carved out for you spot. And then inside of that, you're number one because you're the only like you are such a winner. You're such a powerful piece of the puzzle because you're you showed up for it. We didn't have to mash anything into that spot that doesn't fit. So for me, it's that scary thing that between that sweaty, obviously very sweaty spot between trying out and seeing yourself in that sweet spot. It's scary. It truly did scare the crap out of me. I'm sweating again, thinking about like sitting in that <laughs> room and everyone could hear me sing. Like I thought it was going to be some like go up the stairs um, and then turn right and then walk a hundred yards. And then that's the audition room. No, I just sang in front of everybody. So I know how scary it is to like put yourself out there for things that you're not even sure could ever be yours. But I have done this so many times in life where I've just said, I'm going to try. I'm just going to do it. I'm going to swipe up on this Instagram story and try to go for this job. Or, I mean, there are so many other things I could tell you, but that was one of the, like, one of the major things I did. It didn't feel major. It's, it's community theater, <laughs> but. You know, it's so funny though. <laughs> I remember on our zoom call, we, we go around every week yes. and say something and Brooklyn's like, I'm going to be in a musical. And I go, do you sing? And she goes, nope. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I have a screenshot of our entire team just crying, laughing, because we're like, that is the most Brooklyn thing we have heard (sighs) all week. I was listening to this show and you want way more Brooklyn. Can you just comment on today's post? Maybe we can start like a weekly pep talk where we can just hear (laughs) Shania and Dolly show up for us so that we know that we are safe in the bosoms of the women who have led before us for real. Yeah. Okay. My final question that I should have asked when I was laying in my hammock, hammock, not hammock, hammock, And asking you questions, and I kind of failed you, is can you actually change a flat tire in a snowstorm? I absolutely can. Like I said, (laughs) I have a hard time asking for help. And also, I listen to a lot of murder podcasts. I'm like not going to ask a stranger to help me, even if it's a well-lit gas station in the middle of my town. But yeah, it was snowing. I had already learned to change a tire. It felt really powerful as a woman, as a human being. And it was coming down like so I couldn't my eyelids were like time to seal shut from the freezing (laughs) snow. And I was bent down and I did the dang thing, changed that tire and two tires had popped. So I changed two tires. Why did I have two extra tires? You know what? I was blessed. An angel whispered in my ear a week earlier and said, go ahead and put all your uh, new tires in your car. So I did. (laughs) I I remember standing up and I, I for sure thought my hands were going to chip off, just like just chip off right there because they were so frozen. But I also was so proud of myself that I walked into the Italian restaurant right next door and was like, I'll have your largest lasagna. (laughs) (laughs) And it tasted so good. 
You know, what's funny. I actually have a gift for changing tires, too, because when I was growing up in northern Minnesota, mm-hmm. I got my first flat tire and I was going somewhere I shouldn't have been going like the opposite direction. I told my parents I would be going. And so Uh-oh. I very quickly established how to change a tire. But then when I drove home on my little donut and my dad was <laughs> like, OK, well, you kind of did that, but it was kind of wrong. He jacked my car up and took all four tires off. And so the next day I wanted to go somewhere and he said, you can leave when you have correctly put all of your four tires back on. Oh, and I became an expert. (laughs) That's the way to parent. You guys write that down, like schedule it. If you have like a two year old, be like, go in your calendar, swipe 14 years ahead and schedule that. Like that needs to happen for every human. (laughs) So good. So good. Okay. Where can everybody find you, connect with you, hear more from you, be inspired by you, get laughs from you. Give us all of the places. All right. Well, I... I wish I could say I had like a cool Twitch live stream, but just like hold on for that. Like that'll come someday. Totally love playing video games. But in the meantime, I am pretty much entirely present and have downloaded my soul onto my Instagram, which is at Burkology, but it's spelled with like an IE because I am so French, you know, I have to do it like anthropology. You can find me there. That's where I am all the time. And what about your podcast? Oh, right. <laughs> I have started a podcast because I think I just got real bored on this uh, past Christmas Eve. And it's called Funny Girl. <laughs> and um, it's on Spotify. It's everywhere you can listen to the podcast. And it's basically me sitting in this very closet. This is the closet, you guys. And talking into my phone, which apparently I don't know if you knew that. But if you're feeling like starting a podcast, don't let anything stop you. Because there are ways. There's always a way. Just like you learn in Jurassic Park, life finds a way and so can you. And uh, yeah, my podcast's out there waiting for you. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Thank you so much. I am just so grateful that I get to do life with you and get to work with you. And I'll leave all the rest for our Slack conversation to follow. Yeah, that's private stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Love you. Love you. I know what you're thinking. You are so jealous that I get to work with Brooklyn every day. And trust me, I pinch myself every day. She makes me laugh. She makes me smile. And she serves the world in a way that only Brooklyn Wagner can serve the world. And I think what a beautiful reminder for us to serve the world in the way that only we can. To fill in those roles that were made solely for us and the gifts that we have. It is such a blessing to get to work alongside and to get to watch Brooklyn continue to grow and transform just like we all are as human beings. And I hope that today you laughed, you smiled, and you started to believe a little bit more in yourself and your abilities. Until next time, gold diggers, keep on digging your biggest goals and make sure you stay safe and stay home if you can. I'm over here giving you a virtual high five because you just finished another episode of the Gold Digger podcast. Did that go by way too fast for anyone else? If you want more, head over to golddiggerpodcast.com for show notes and all the discount codes from today's sponsors. And if you're looking for a new crew of movers and shakers like you to bounce ideas and ask questions, be sure to join my exclusive community for gold diggers on Facebook. The link's waiting for you at golddiggerpodcast.com.